There's something called bioaccumulation, which is the increasing concentration of a substance as it moves up the food chain. Every day, most of us are exposed to tiny amounts of toxins in our food, our air, our water, our household cleaning products, as well as our daily hygiene products. And this bioaccumulation puts us at increasing risk for disruption and disease. Therefore, it is very powerful, responsible, and necessary to educate ourselves about what we welcome into our home, our bodies, our families, and communities. Today, we meet someone whose handcrafted products are safe, healthy, nourishing, and affordable as we learn how to stay healthy throughout the winter months of the pandemic. Today, we take a dive into the world of plant-based folk medicine. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Austin Haynes with the Waking Justice Project. In today's podcast, we'll interview a true revolutionary who's making evolutionary change in their community. Resilient communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable global society. And the foundation of a resilient community is a just and sustainable local food economy. It's why the global revolution starts at home at local farms and community gardens, at grocery co-ops and local food hubs, in your own garden, in your kitchen, and on your plate. The local food supply chain is the foundation of a self-reliant community, and resilient, self-reliant communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable new society, a new social system that will make this existing system of corruption obsolete. That is the revolution we seek. The real revolution is a strategic, nonviolent revolution. It builds self-reliance and community resilience. The real revolution is a local revolt. My guest today is an educator, gardener, biologist, innovator, and restless crafter. She's here today as a local revolutionary who owns a zero-waste small business called Meraki Pharmacy, where she handcrafts everything from toothpaste, balms, and oils to soaps and medicinal tinctures. Please welcome to the podcast, Lucia Hawkins. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me, Austin. Heck yeah, you got it. So maybe we can just start with like you telling us a little bit about the meaning of Meraki Pharmacy. Great question. Thank you. Yeah. So Meraki is a Greek word and it means the love, creativity, passion, and soul that one puts into their work. Nice. And this word had, someone had sent me this word. They were like, hey, I saw this word some meme or something sent it to me, said, you know, it just, it made me think of you. And I was honored. I thought that was really cool. And then I think we were talking about this the other week, you know, once, once new information comes in your, in your brain, in your consciousness, you start seeing it more often. Exactly. So then I was running into it and I, it just really resonated with me and, and not just how I work, but how I approach relationships and really anything. 
Yeah. Um, so at the time I wasn't starting a business. Um, I in no way was like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur that had never really been something I thought about. And then when I started really doing this and offering it to people, Meiraki seems like the best thing to call what I was doing. Yeah. And then pharmacy with an F, you know, of course, of course, pharmacy with an F. I think that there's a tremendous amount of medicine available through just being in and around nature and natural resources, the non-human totally. life forms. I think just hanging out and, and taking that in is greatly beneficial. Mm -hmm. And the plants give so much, so much medicine in so many different ways. For so that's sure. how that all came together. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. So what gave you the idea to become an entrepreneur? Like you were saying? Yeah. Oh, great. Another great question. So I had started making the things that we use every day and I was sending some stuff to friends and got really, really, really good feedback. And I was farming full time, pretty much just for my family and exploring different avenues of you know, reducing costs of our living, investing in like long-term preventative care with the food we eat, how we live, daily habits, plant medicines. And yeah, folks just were like, dude, you should probably do this. Go for it. And that felt good. So I did. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. How long have you been doing it now? Uh, since 2016, which seems longer. And also it's almost like I've been doing this my whole life. Because mm, you kind of have been probably like you've been crafting stuff your whole life before you started no. selling it. No, no okay. way. Yeah, no. My craftsmanship was is words. Primarily, I thought as a kid, as a young person, I thought I was going to be a writer. There was mm. a brief amount of time I thought I was going to uh, maybe write for Saturday Night Live. I was like 19. I had, I had big dreams. Yeah. I'm funny. Nothing wrong I'm with that. that I thought I was going to, you know, live in the woods and, and write books and uh, just hang out with dogs and birds. And I kind of mm. do. That's kind of my life. <laughs> okay, nice. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about what it means to be zero waste and what gave you that idea. Yes. So, okay. So important on so many levels. The one big thing that I think is super, super important is the burden of waste falls far too much on the consumer. So an individual family group who is making purchases of things they need, things they want, there is so much packaging involved and packaging can be really cute. You know, a cool label. I mean, a lot of people choose things based on the presentation of a product and Definitely. that's beautiful and that's creative and that's very, that's important. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to diss that at all, <clears throat> but the amount of packaging waste that's you know, then the consumer, and I hate that word, but that the person is then responsible to take care of either through throwing away. I mean, the amount of stuff we throw away is bananas. For sure. It's so irresponsible. It's, there's gotta be a different way. I started making a, a pit stick deodorant. And when I first started just messing around, I bought some plastic containers and I cringe, you know, I just like, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. The cost of using reusable or compostable is is pretty high compared to plastics. And mm. so what I did was I started a GoFundMe and I asked some of my friends to pitch in so I could make my first big purchase of compostable tubes to put the deodorant in. 
And I, my friends were awesome about it. A lot of my friends are parents, they're educators, they're scientists, they're, you know, I guess people who, you know, are conscious and aware of this stuff. It's important to them. And sure. they use their consumer power. They use their resources to say, hey, you know, I agree. This is really important. I believe in what you're doing and I'm going to help you get there. And then there's no going back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I go into stores and stuff, I'm always checking out what other people are doing because it's cool. I'm not super competitive. I don't want to compete with other makers. Yeah, um, but I think it's I think it's it's kind of gross. You know, there's everything's still in plastic and you got people talking about, you know, this is all natural and we we care about this, that and that. Well, you know, you're a giant corporation with way more resources than I do, than my friends do. Why yep. aren't you making that switch? And really, they're not making that switch because it's not cost effective for them. Yeah. So, but this little guy can make it cost effective. So, yeah. you know, I just I would love I really, really hope that we as a society really start shifting that way because there is plenty of data, hard, tangible evidence <laughs> yeah. that really can't be disputed that a lot of human action causes far too much harm than it gives any benefit. Yeah. And you're right that like a lot of that is put onto the consumer, if you will. It's put on us to deal with it. And a lot of us don't have the time to deal with it or we don't know how to deal with it, but we're learning to make these steps forward. And um, that's why it's so cool to tell a story like yours. So like, so what did you do to start, you know, to start not using the plastic as much and transforming your business uh, to as close to zero waste as possible? Google searching, <laughs> Google searching. Yeah. Just, you know, and there are providers, you know, like this one, one supply company I use. I mean, maybe I could make my own compostable containers, but yeah, <laughs> some things I'm just not going to do in house. Um, that's a whole other business right there. That's a, that's a whole other endeavor, <laughs> not in my skill set. You know, yeah. I have X amount of, of skills and energy and I want to put it through, you know, put it in the places where I shine the best. Yeah. I do believe in division of labor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, I, I shopped around a little bit and I, I found a very reasonable company that's in New York and they have a whole line of compostable containers. And then I use, I use metal tins for a lot of the salves and balms okay. and that folks can reuse. I do offer to folks if they want to mail it back, you know, I'll, I'll sanitize it. I can refill it and, and ship the same container Sure. refilled with, with plant stuff for you. Um, and then the other thing I use is, is glass bottles for tinctures and flower essences. And, you know, it's not plastic. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, is it a perfect system? No, but, you know, reflecting the harm reduction models, you know, decrease the suck and increase the rad is sort of my life <laughs> motto. I realized the other I day. I love that. That's going on <laughs> you know? your meme. We create memes for, for every person. So that's going to be one of yours for sure. Yeah. Decrease <laughs> the suck is like down arrow suck, up arrow rad. I and love that. <laughs> pretty simple, but one of those great life mottos, I think, that yeah. can be applied to anything. Like, what am I doing right now? Am I, am I contributing to the suck? Yeah. Or the rad. Which one or is it? Or the rad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Heck yeah. So- you kind of touched on this a little before, but what really got you into like handcrafting all this awesome stuff? Like what, what gave you that inspiration? Thank you. Good question. There are definitely a couple different things that went into this. One was, you know, I've always 
felt very at home and loved and supported when I've been outside and with trees and rocks and birds and bugs and squirrels. And I love Mother Earth. <laughs> it's yeah. Maybe it sounds really dweeby, but I just, I freaking love outside. And I love our natural world. I get I get so much from it. I, I try and do my best every day to, to give even a small amount back. Like I said, I thought I was going to grow up to be, uh, you know, hanging out in the woods as a writer. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to go to college. And I didn't know what I wanted to study. I left school and I was working with, with kids with neurological differences and stuff. And that was really, really, really cool. And I started and then I decided I was going to go back to school and maybe explore different ways that I could just bring a lot to kids in general through mm-hmm. education or other supports. And I had to take a science class. And not that I didn't like science, but I had I went to public school. I didn't have the best math skills. Mm. So science had never really seemed like an option for me. And I was like I was a creative type, you know, to keep it simple. Yeah. I took this biology class at community college and it really blew my mind. And I had a professor who was uh, available and really willing to work with me to increase my math skills so I could understand things better, saw my excitement and my passion. And then I took another class and then I decided to go back to university and study biological sciences or wildlife conservation. Those were the things I was looking at. And through my coursework, you know, I already knew that human, a lot of human actions are really harmful. They're harmful to natural environments. They're harmful to people. They are harmful to children. And that is sad and infuriating. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is unacceptable to me. Um, yeah. But then while I'm in school, I'm learning, I'm learning hard facts about the damage that we've done. Right. And then I had to take a chemistry class. And then so I'm learning about chemicals and I'm learning about interactions of different chemicals in the body. Da, 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 da. So I'm bad. <laughs> I'm yeah. bad. I don't like this. There's got to be. I'm young. You know, I'm all fired up. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, because there is a better way. Because <laughs> there is a better way. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I was studying resource economics. I am not a lobbyist. I am not a diplomat. These are not my skills. Yeah. Uh, And as I'm growing and evolving, I was teaching for a long time and doing science education, environmental ed, super, super fun, like literally blowing things up with kids, teaching them that asking questions is the coolest thing you could ever do, that science is everywhere. It was so much fun. And I had always had this lifelong dream to like to live more attuned with nature, maybe be in the woods in a shack writing books. Who knows? Yeah. I find myself farming and not just farming, you know, the staple food crops. I'm doing things like intercropping. So instead of just having your really long lines of monoculture, I got onions and carrots and dill together. And I got marigolds everywhere. And I have all these amazing different plants in in our garden space. Mm. And I wanted to make things with them. I was like, oh, right. And... Everything we put on our skin gets absorbed into our body yep. and metabolized by our organs. People forget that. I, yeah. Your, like, your skin is your biggest organ, right? Isn't that it, yeah, what it people really say? Is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's a line of defense for sure. And all these things start coming together. I'm making tons of new plant friends. I want to contribute, you know, to my, to my home, to my household. I want to affect societal change and I don't totally know how well I do know how right because my choices 
my everyday choices are actually quite powerful. Totally. So I started making soap and I started making the things that we use every single day because we use them every single day. So there's a thing of bioaccumulation. So someone somewhere has to decide that a certain amount of toxic, harmful crap is acceptable to ingest. But the thing is, right, every single thing you use. So if you're using toothpaste, urine, soap, facial moisturizer, acne cream, makeup, shampoo, conditioner, uh, curl cream, uh, like, and there's nothing wrong with using all of those things at all. Makeup, super freaking cool. Great way to express yourself. Really fun. There's nothing wrong with using it. The problem is that there's tiny amounts of really crappy crap, parabens, things that disrupt your endocrine system, things that mess with your immunity, things that are really drying and irritating to your skin. So you're using all these things. There's an accumulation of all those toxins in your body that your body cannot process or metabolize. So if I could decrease the suck in the things that we use, the basics that we use every day. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's one way to start. And that's, that's how it started. Nice. Well, that's a great way to start. So you kind of touched on this a little bit too, but how do you source your ingredients and how much of your products are locally sourced or sustainable or grown yourself? Yes. So it depends on the year, but the majority of plants that I work with, so I, I grow plants from seed. I tend to them. I get to know them. We hang out. We talk. It's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm with them the whole season. So seed to skin for a lot of them. And that is something that is so important to me to continue to do, mostly because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can guarantee, you know, I, I intimately know the health of the plants and all of that. So that allows me to make good decisions on how I'm going to use that plant. Totally. I work really regionally. So there's a lot. There's every plant has some medicinal benefit. I don't want to source a plant that is rare. You know, one good example, especially with the soap making, is you use different plant oils. So palm oil is a very, very common oil that's used in soap making. It has a lot of great qualities, but there's a lot of destruction. It's sourced <laughs> terribly. It's sourced terribly. So yeah. I have never used palm oil. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just Good. like cross nice. that out. Okay. I love that. I just, I've never used it. I never will use it. The things that I can't make myself at this point, which is really the plant oils. So coconut oil, mm-hmm. yojoba oil, sweet almond oil. Those are sort of things that I use. I find I've been using the same provider for years. It's high quality. It's, re- you know, it's responsibly sourced. Uh, that company, you know, puts money back towards local economies and the local ecosystems. Mm. So it's an ongoing evolving process. Um, But me, you know, being both consumer and producer, for lack of better words, I really hate those. I'm not going to use those words anymore. Um, You just got to find those sources and you're going to pay a little extra. And that's called integrity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. And that's you know? what people are buying into when they're buying your products. You know, they're buying literal, literal integrity, you know, like that's what it is. That's a huge selling point and people want it. That's the thing. Like people want that better option. It's not always there, 
But when it is there and when you when you're able to market it as that and that's actually what it is, then people are so thankful and grateful to to be able to support that, in my opinion. And they can and they I, can I, feel I know it. I am. Yeah. You know, I they can feel it literally yeah. while using it. So that's the thing with oils. And then the plant the plant friends that I use are are plants that we've, you know, we've been We've been together for four years now and it's, you know, definitely a life partnership. And if I'm not growing them and I find them in the wild, wild crafting is very, very cool. Foraging Mm. in the wild is awesome and also requires a very, very, very important level of conscientiousness. Yes. And you ask a plant before you harvest. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, And you always give back and you always leave plenty. Definitely. Um, what are some things that you forage for in your area? Um, in my area? Oh, I found an awesome nettle patch yesterday. Nice. Um, it, depends, it depends where I am. Mullen is often something that I, I wildcraft. Uh, rose, comfrey, plantain. Hmm. Uh, what else? It was a big mullen year. Mullen supports our lungs very much um, okay. and some other things, but that's that's been on my mind this year. <laughs> Nice. I've heard the name Mullen, but I'm actually not super familiar with that one yet. And I have to ask, did you say plantain? Yes. So not plantain, the banana. Um, I often find it like along disturbed areas um, and in fields. Oh, other things that I um, find in the wild, red clover, Mm. dandelion. I can't believe I didn't think of dandelion right off the bat. Yeah. Dandelion is amazing. Oh, it's such a healthy green. I just, I freaking love that plant so much. It is so tenacious. Yeah. It is so strong. I, I love the flower. Like, have you ever touched a dandelion flower head? It's buttery and. For sure. It's just, they're so, plants are so cool. They each have their own personality. Right. Definitely. And that that's one that I just learned you know, grows abundantly where I am too in North Carolina. Like there's dandelion everywhere. And the other day, yeah, the the other day I'm in the big grocery store and I see like organic dandelion greens. And for the first time I thought, okay, if they're selling these in the store, then they're obviously good. They're obviously healthy. There's a market for it. Why aren't we picking them out of our own yard? Because they grow so abundantly around here. Absolutely. The the big thing with wild crafting too is you have to be really aware of the environment. You do not want to consume things that have been sprayed with Roundup or totally. any other harmful chemical. And we don't that's always know true. if that's happening. If plants are really close to the road, probably not a good idea, right? With the road mm. runoff and, you know, they're exposed to a lot, especially busy roads, you know, tons of car exhaust and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So that's the bummer. So yeah, a lot of farms will intentionally grow dandelion and then it's guaranteed like organic practices or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, for sure that there's no harmful pesticides, insecticides, all that crap. That makes sense. And I guess if you go like far enough in the woods or if you're somewhere where, you know, like, you know, no one's spraying around there out in the country or something like that. Then yeah, like, absolutely. Or preserved yeah. spaces. You know, there's, um, mm-hmm. I see more and more farms that, you know, we're, we're preserving this and then you can look up in your area, you know, um, what, what the practices are for state parks, you know, regulated open spaces. Um, often mm-hmm. they will not spray, but that's something that you can find out. And if they are, then team up with people in the community and be like, Hey, can you not? 
can, can you not take that approach to managing the, the yeah. natural please? That's very important too. Yeah. I want to ask you this question as well. So the winter is coming on right now. Yes. You know, a lot of people are stuck in their houses, maybe not getting the vitamin D as much as they were over the summer. Um, maybe getting colds, you know, COVID's is still a thing. So like, what are some tips? Do you have any tips for people to stay healthy and uh, happy throughout the winter? I do. And I don't think it's anything that's going to sound mind blowing. Um, yeah, we, yeah. we do know what to do. And of course, I think this year is absolutely different. For a lot of us who live, you know, in seasonal places with winter, I know for me, the one thing I immediately notice October, early November is I am not drinking nearly enough water. Mm, yeah. Because I'm cold. I'm cold. I'm not, I'm not sweating as much. I'm not, I'm not as active outside. Yep. Um, so making sure that you are hydrated, I know it seems so silly, but drinking water is really, really important and drinking enough water. Yeah. I have to remind myself daily. Yes. Yeah. And whatever. And, and it, and it does require discipline and diligence. It does. It does. And yeah. Those daily habits, you know, like I'm, I'm a coffee drinker and I'm trying to practice first thing in the morning, coffee should not be the first thing you ingest. So I, if I have to chug a glass of warm ish water, okay, cool. Yeah. I got, I got one in. I walk mm -hmm. around with water bottles when I'm in the shop working. I have like one of those camel pack things. Nice. So then I don't have to stop. Like I got my straw right there. And I found just for me, that's been helpful. I'm not telling people they should walk around their living room with a pack, but. But hey, creative, whatever it takes. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, so making sure you're hydrated is really important. Other ways, broths. Add, the, add all those mushrooms and the garlic and the onions mm. and the carrots and the celery. Make soups. Um, great no way to stay hydrated, warm your body up. You know, I know for me too, when it's cold, I just want to snuggle. So first thing in the morning, I, I drink that water and I move my body and I just, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be an arduous workout. Move your body, dance around in the kitchen while you're heating up water or, yeah. you know, just get moving, get the blood pump in. You're going to feel more energized. You're going to be more motivated to do the things that maybe you don't want to do. And that's okay. Making tea is always a great way also to connect with plants, bring in more nourishment, have something warm in your belly, and also stay hydrated. I think too, you know, I wear a lot of layers and then I don't pay as much attention to my skin. Mm. So checking on your skin and not just not just like in a beauty, you know, how am I looking way, but if yeah. you have like I have a lot of beauty spots and stuff. I got to keep an eye on those to make sure those aren't changing. That's easier to do when I'm running around in a bathing suit in August, mm -hmm. harder to do in January when you're in eight layers. So incorporating some kind of like, even if it's like every Sunday or, you know, or every Wednesday, whatever works for you, like check your skin, check your breasts, check, you know, feel for things in your head, pay attention to your skin. When our skin is really dry and irritated, it's prone to breakage, and then that's prone to infection. Mm. And we don't want to give our body, we don't want to give our immune systems ever, we don't want to do this. We don't want to give our systems more stress and more work, um, but especially during a public health pandemic, especially during wintertime, especially when you know, we, we get the colds and we get, we slow down, we get lethargic and all of those things can lead to some kind of disease. Yeah, 
For sure. And that's really cool too. You know, like on this show, we talk a lot about like the powers of food, but hearing more about like your skin and like your external body, that actually helps out a lot. You know, we haven't touched on it as much. And again, you know, that idea that everything you put on your skin is absorbed into your body. So that weekly checkup on on you, you know, use plant infused oils. I mean, that's a lot of what I do with the soaps is I don't just use plant oils. I then infuse the plants that I grow. So there's medicinal soaps, Mm. but you can use massage oils and you can like, people can do this themselves. Get, get a jug of yojaba oil or sesame oil, or even the olive oil you cook with is Mm -hmm. fine to use. Infuse it with something like lavender and then you know massage that into your neck if you have a lot of tension or before you go to bed and Mm -hmm. this is increasing your relationship with plants your relationship with your body is really important if you don't know what your baseline is how are you going to know when something is starting to go that way right exactly these things are preventative care Mm. so that you're you're able to respond appropriately and timely if something is starting to act up you know like keep your immune system going strong and, you know, don't wait to do the the elderberry syrup or don't wait for the garlic. Don't, don't wait to do those things when you start feeling ill. Yeah. Set yourself up for success. Exactly. You know, cause you're awesome. Like you deserve to feel good. Your body is amazing, you know, and has so much wisdom. So any way that you can, you know, I think too, you know, being, being inside and not going to all the rock shows and, and not, you know, walking around the big art museums. I mean, any way that you can move and that doesn't have to be go for a run for 10 miles, you know, I'm a big fan of dancing and playing and, and just moving your body around, I think, and having that fun and that joy practice doing handstands, take up yoga. And if, you know, folks are already doing these things, increase it, you know? Also that idea of, oh, I'm, I'm starting to feel pain. So now I should start stretching. Do it before any of that happens. Yeah. That's the reminder I actually need because I'm a fairly decent athlete, but stretching is my weak. (laughs) That's my weakest part. That's like, I hate stretching, but I have to, because man, my body gets sore after I exercise, probably because I'm not the best stretcher. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so that totally makes sense yeah those are really good tips to take your health into your own hands and it's so funny like in my own life I've been seeing you know the more I get aware of it like we were talking about earlier earlier the more you see something and you've talked about it the more you start just seeing it everywhere and now I'm 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 having like in the past few years a lot of friends in my life who they really get it like if their body is telling them something they know exactly like kind of what to do so I've been picking up on that over the years you know it's amazing it's really incredible and I yeah. I want to mention you know for folks who live with chronic stress or have a history of trauma or experiencing trauma, one of the things that often happens is we get really disconnected from our body. Yeah. And that's a protective defensive mechanism. That is a normal response to abnormal stuff that should not be happening. Yeah. I think it's even more important and special and sacred and and healing and empowering to find those ways that reconnect you with your body. Definitely. And I've never been to a yoga studio, but, you know, I've learned over the years that 
even even my silly version of yoga is profoundly positively impactful that decreases a lot of suck and increases a lot of rad nice um, yeah just get getting on the floor and playing around and even just like, like being still being still and not mm. on the screen listening to your body does talk 100 percent. once you learn to listen i mean it tells you pretty much everything you need to know Yes. Everything. And it's a practice. It's yeah. a practice. And it's it's very, very empowering. It's really sacred. It's really beautiful. For sure. And I mean, my next question was going to be like, how do people take their health into their own hands? But hey, I think we pretty much knocked that out of the park at this point, unless you have anything else to add on. No, I mean, not really. I mean, a, a, like kind of a silly thing is, um, you know, I was noticing too, like, I don't trim my toenails as often in the winter. And that doesn't seem like a big deal. But if you're in, you know, a big wool sock and your big boots and you're walking around, mm. um, that can be irritating. <laughs> just like just yeah, I think, you know, carving out the, the time, you know, to just check in with yourself inside and outside. And I mean, food is medicine. And the reality in our country is that people do not have access to actual food the way that we should. Exactly. Um, so we have to work so much harder <laughs> To have actual food, you know, food deserts is a real thing. Yeah, that some people just have no concept of because of who they are and where they live and their economic status and all that stuff. Food, food is medicine. So finding the ways to be really creative with your economic resources while while we continue to challenge, you know, the inequities within our culture, you know, like find find the ways and. You don't have to do it alone. I mean, talk with people, talk with people in your community, work as a family, work together and make sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah. One thing we said before we started recording this was it takes a village, <laughs> right? Like, you know, it's great if you have a, a close family structure, but it's better when you have yeah. that big family structure, when you have that community to lean on, it feels yeah. a lot better for sure. So I want to ask you, what are your favorite products that you offer? Oh, okay. I mean, I love everything that I make. I use everything I make. Um, I, when I started with the, the soaps and toothpaste and deodorant, and then I started making healing salves. And I make this one salve that people swear by. I swear by too. It's called Boo Boo Balm. And this is an all-purpose cure-all skin salve. I see other providers, you know, like, oh, you need a salve for this and for this and for this. Not really. If you have kids, if you are an elder, if you, whatever age you are, whatever level of activity, if you have psoriasis, if you have eczema, if you like to run through the woods and get cuts and scrapes and bug bites, whatever, you split wood, you got calluses, chapped, um, like chapped cuticles, chapped lips. You just need one balm and it's Google balm. I put it on my puppy's paws in the winter. Nice. Um, I got a lot of my, uh, pretty much every friend that I have with kids, they swear by the boo-boo balm. The kids go get the boo-boo balm. They put it on themselves. A little bit goes a long way. They love it. It's a fantastic thing. I, that's one of the best things that I've made for sure. It's very, very popular. I always have it in stock. Nice. It's, yeah, it's cool. That one um, sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah what it's else? awesome. I mean, that it should be, you know, if you have a first aid kit or like a go pack or, you know, it's in the glove box of your car. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, is a staple for sure. And another thing that I really, you know, my niche is kind of, you know, like some skincare for sure. 
preventative care. I work with a lot of nervines. So I work with a lot of plants that support our nervous system. So I have a bunch of tinctures um, and tinctures are great. They're either in alcohol or apple cider vinegar. And I love the tinctures because it's this one ounce dropper bottle. You can add a couple drops to your water that you're going to be drinking all day. Mm-hmm. You can add it to tea. You can have it in your purse or your bag or, you know, with the boo-boo balm in the glove box. Mm-hmm. And it is a very, very easy way to get plant medicine and plant support into your system. It can be used, you know, a couple times a day, every day for acute or chronic conditions. Maybe you haven't used it in a while, but, you know, something shocking just happened. It works almost immediately because, you know, the material that it's in, they never expire. Like, they don't go bad. So, you know, you buy it in... 2020 and it, and it's still there in the medicine cabinet in 2022 you're fine like it had it really literally will never expire and nervines are just continue i think to be really important as you know we're all under stress we are all under some kind of stress all the time totally the reality of our of our nation of our culture is there's a lot of stress it's a stressful a culture <laughs> it is a it is <laughs> I'm, I'm intentionally being a little vague, um, but there, there's yeah. a lot of bullshit. You know, there's there's a lot of yeah. very, very, very harmful, totally unacceptable stuff going on. And we, um, you know, trauma responses are are very real, very, very normal responses to abnormal stuff. So supporting and toning our nervous systems is something that I am very interested in and provide through those tinctures. I also make blends for folks to either make tea or if they want to decrease the suck of their smoking habit, um, they can supplement, you know, tobacco with with some of these plants and get some nourishment that way. Yeah, I think I, I love everything that I make. Right now, I'm yeah, I'm into the boo-boo balm. I like my tinctures. I made this poppy and lavender soap last month, and it just came out so awesome. Nice. <laughs> it just it, it just was an extra incredible batch of of soap. Heck yeah. Yeah. Right on. Just to throw it out there for the listeners, the holiday season is coming up and these sound like some really cool gifts. Yes, I'm actually. Um, so today's Monday. This Wednesday, I'm going to be updating my website to reflect more more ease of accessibility to things in, in the pharmacy marketplace. Um, I would love for people to just clear out my inventory. Mm. Yeah. 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 I Heck mean, yeah. if if you're going to participate in gift giving specifically this time of year, awesome. Totally into it. Support <laughs> local people, support artisans, support craftspeople, support. If you're going to give a gift, give a gift that's like that's more meaningful. I mean, I'm utilitarian also. Sometimes you just need a new set of tires. But I think it's always important to support independent small businesses. And this year, particularly, I cannot stress the importance of really prioritizing that, of using personal choice and consumer power to clearly show what's important and what we want to sustain and maintain going into new paradigms and going into the future and the not so distant future. I mean, there, you know, people are really hurt up. Every, everybody's feeling it. You know, there's a lot of repercussions of this year. Some of them are, you know, a lot of them are economic and will continue to uh, play out. And I think that's one way that we can really show up for ourselves and each other. For and sure. you can support more than one local business like you. And you also can support more than one apothecary at a time. You can buy soap and stuff for me or a tincture for me and also from 
someone in your neighborhood and someone from there. I mean, you, you really can. And we're happy. Exactly. We're all happy to do that because yep. we each bring our special, the plants are doing what the plants are doing. And we exactly. each bring our, our special touch and our special relationship with it. So heck yeah. So just had I, to sneak that in there. Cause I, I, yeah, I have sneak it in about it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's very important to, uh, to vote with your dollar and to spread that dollar around to the people who need it most, especially right now, because as we know, you know, Jeff Bezos just became the first trillionaire in human history and the rich are getting richer. Don't think that they're not because they are. And we unfortunately are losing traction. And by we, I mean like us, you know, the small blue collar people Business owners need it more than ever right now. It's pretty obvious that that's the case. So yeah, spread that dollar around, y'all. I think, you know, we we look at all the problems in our society, in our world, and there's, there's so many, and we want to affect change, and we don't really know how, and what do we do, and it gets so overwhelming, and then often we end up doing nothing, because we don't know what the best thing to do is. Yeah. Meiraki was absolutely born from the idea of, I have choice and I don't know how to solve all the problems. You know, I don't know how to persuade people's minds. Facts don't apparently change a lot of people's minds. That's not my skill set. I keep a lot of what we talk about at the pharmacy is accountability, is personal accountability. What can I do? What can I do right now in this moment? to calm down? What can I do in this moment to show up for someone? What can I do with my personal little universe to do something positive? And in a capitalist society such as ours, money is extremely powerful. I remember, and I'm sure many of you remember, when there wasn't like the the green trend and there wasn't green products. And the reason that that came about was because people demanded. I can't convince Jeff to uh, care about some things. But I can guarantee if you stop buying from Amazon, Jeff is going to start to listen. And not to pick on him, but whatever. You started it. Uh, you know, yeah, he's it, just an example. <laughs> just an example. There's plenty of examples, right? Yeah. And that that is one way to affect change. But And it has to be done by many, many people consistently. And that that's one way to you know, challenge the systems that we're in while still participating in them, because that's kind of how we have to do this. You know, people who are much smarter than me that I learned from. So I'm like, can't we just like burn it all down and start over? No, like this is what we're doing. And we have to find ways to get to where we want to go. And money talks, man. It talks <laughs> where, big time. It, it, it talks big time. People listen to where the money goes. A hundred percent. And, you know, like we, we get that chance to vote with our actual vote every election season, but we get that chance to vote with our dollar, you know, almost every day, like every much, single day, pretty Several much every times day. A day, even, you know, exactly. depending who you are yeah. and, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It is, it is those daily things. It's the incremental things. It's the long haul, consistent actions and, and, and making that normal and talking about it with people and shifting some cultural ideas. And that starts at home. It starts within your community. If everybody shows up in their community by taking personal accountability, coming in, being like, hey, what's up? What are we doing? If everyone did that, we would have thriving local regional communities 
sturdier, and then we can really start to team up and gain momentum and and live the way that we deserve to live. Right. In changing health, the in world by changing some, ourselves. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's a big thing of what we do at the pharmacy besides soaps and things. We have a, a weekly Tuesday tea time and we talk about a, a lot of this stuff. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And anyone can come. It's just, it's live. It's free. It's on Instagram. Just come on in and nice. we share a tea and just talk about, you know, what's going on and how, how do we keep doing this? How do we take care of ourselves so that we can take care of other people? Mm. That's good. I mean, that's that community, you know, even nowadays, like a lot of the community that we're making is online. And the fact of the matter is you got to have it somewhere. Like it's right. great to have it in your, in your direct area um, where you are physically, but anywhere you can find like-minded people and, and more than that, just motivated people, people who are inspired to make change. You know, yes. we got to surround ourselves by those types of people. Yes. I don't really know how it's happening. I was looking at, you know, I'm in Southeastern Pennsylvania. I was in Rhode Island and Vermont for a long time. And I look at, at who's coming to the pharmacy. We got the whole East coast. We got Texas, we got Michigan, we got Montana, Mm. Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, California, Washington. I got somebody in Spain who's like, can you change the time of tea time every once in a while? I was like, yeah, I don't know when that would be, but let me look at a map and do some math. I could do a 3 a.m. tea time. <laughs> nice. and, and one and one of the like what the common denominator with all these people are is, I mean, they're all just really kind and generous and vulnerable and honest and just really beautiful people. They're all dedicated to growth. Mm. They're all willing to go into the discomfort and into this hard stuff. And maybe not solve it all and maybe not come out with all the answers, but they're there for it. And to me, that that makes the pharmacy like the most successful thing I could ever do, mm. you know, and, yeah. they, and they share with each other and they support each other. It's so beautiful to witness. It's humbling. It's honoring. I'm getting I'm getting a little emotional. It's really cool. And then they yeah. take that back to wherever they are. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like this podcast is like that for me. Like the people that I meet are just so, like you said, humble and sweet and awesome and vulnerable and all the things like, and, and what we're doing is we're, we're kind of just holding space for each other to be that, you know, and that's medicine. We need that. Yeah. That is me totally medicine. So and we do need it, especially, you know, as lockdowns continue and, you know, it's also the digital age, man, the age of Aquarius is here. And so balancing, how do we use the technology and, and digital media? Yes. To connect and make money or express yourself or whatever you want to do with it. And also like really connect and have it not just exist during the screen time, but ripple out and carry out into the other aspects of our life. For sure. Yeah. Like you were saying, like that, that is medicine, you know, and it leads me into my next question, which was going to be like, how can people start making their own like folk medicines? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I think one of the coolest, easiest ways is, and I was saying this with, um, if you take oil and you can infuse it with plants for massage and stuff, but do that for cooking. You can get a big jar, put, you know, smash up some some garlic and onion, rosemary, you know, whatever, whatever you're into, put it in the jar, cover it in oil, infuse it for like a month and then and just cook with it. That's one really easy way 
to get down with some plants and and use it every day. So what would be really, some of the benefits really, it looks of that? really pretty too. Like yeah. sounds sounds kind of silly, but it looks pretty. Those mm -hmm. are great gifts. That's free money fun gifts to give too. Make little like cooking oils for people. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah. And I mean, I mean, tea, you know, I say tea and I'm not using tea leaves. So, you know, in here I have oat straw, which tones, it's like cereal for the nervous system. I have mullein that supports the lungs. I have some calendula. What else is in there? Some moringa. And I make a tea every day. Teas are a great way to settle in, you know, carve out some time. You got to boil that water. You can pick the plants you want, put it in the jar cover it with water, put a lid on it, let it steep for, you know, 10 minutes up to a couple of hours. And you have a very nourishing jar of plant friends that are there for you. And then it becomes part of your, you know, your daily life. Yeah. Um, making tinctures is pretty easy too. A lot of folk medicine, traditional, you know, plant medicine for the people is using plants fresh or dried and putting it in a container, usually glass, and then covering it in some kind of liquid. So you can use apple cider vinegar. You can use alcohol. You can use like vodka or brandy. You can infuse honey. You can infuse oils. If you ever see anyone who has a large collection of jars, I'm like, you get down with plant medicine, don't you? <laughs> um, and, it, and it's really easy to do. Really, yeah. really easy to do. Could you, I, I'm actually curious because uh, like I had actually foraged a reishi mushroom not that long ago and I'm not going to lie. I got, I got um, intimidated and I I'm didn't know what to do reishi, with it. I'm intimidated by reishi mushroom also. <laughs> yeah. I really am. And reishi mushroom is an, an incredible adaptogen. Mushrooms in general, however you can incorporate mushrooms into tea and food and broths, absolutely. You're going to yeah. feel a difference almost immediately. Reishi okay. is so dense, man. I don't know what to do with them. Oh, I yeah. I don't mean to gender the mushroom. I don't know what to do with them. Yeah, you're still learning that one too. <laughs> I'm still learning that one too. Um, a friend gifted me some reishi powder. I think, you know, hey, fi find some folks online. I'll look around to see if I if I know some mushroom folks. Yeah, slicing that up, maybe dehydrating it. Um, yeah. Well, it's gone now. This was over yeah. the summer when, you know, like I said, I got intimidated. It sat in my fridge a couple of days and then it started looking not so good. Um, oh, I think don't refrigerate mushrooms, maybe. Mm, okay. Or that kind of mushroom, I think. Now that's a good tip too, because I yeah. did not know that. <laughs> that's what my that's what my gut says. Yeah. I don't I don't have a scientific data point on why. I'm just like, don't put woody things in the fridge. Yeah. That could be yeah, true. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna find out more. Yeah. So like, all right. So say you had like a plant then, um, I don't know, whatever plant, like a, maybe an oregano plant or something, and you wanted to make a tincture, what would be the process for that? Just okay. the basic process. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a healthy plant, you at, you introduce yourself you're like, hi, I'm Lou. Can I make stuff with you? I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> um, so you can use fresh or dried. I tend to work with dried plants because there's less moisture in them. So if I'm putting them in something like oil, that's going to decrease the likelihood of, of like mold growing or just you want, you want to have some moisture out and you're going to take, you know, literally you're going to take a fistful of those dried leaves or petals. If you're working with roots, it's a little different. You put it in a jar, you know, like literally fill it, you know, like to here. Okay. And then cover cover with alcohol or vinegar or whatever 
menstruum is the word that they use. Okay. Um, sort of like a solvent in a way. And then you put, you put a lid on it. And if it's an oil that you're infusing, you want light and heat. So a sunny windowsill, maybe, you know, if you had a wood stove, maybe a radiator by the window, something like that. If it's alcohol or vinegar, just stick it in the cabinet, man. And just like shake it once a day, four to six weeks later, get a, a clean new jar and just, and strain it out. Mm. And then you got your medicine. Wow. Yeah. So over that time. And like, and different plants, this is super, super general, different plants vibe with that, with different menstruums. So like some plants, you, you really do want to use alcohol. Some plants you want to use water. There's variability, but what happens over that time and process, especially with oils and heat is the biochemical constituents, like all the nerdy chemistry stuff within that plant leaves the plant and then is in that oil or in that water or in that vinegar. So that's, that's how that, and the alcohols are really cool because it also preserves it at the same time. Yeah. And I was actually going to ask about water. So putting it in water, it doesn't like grow mold or not anything crazy. Well, it's that's, very yeah, similar. when you're using water, you're just, you're making a tea. You, it's, oh, okay. It's, it's, a tea. it's a water infusion, but yeah, you're, you want to drink that within the day. Okay. So that wouldn't sit for four weeks or anything. No, 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 okay. no. Oil, oil vinegar alcohol, those sit for, you know, four to six weeks. Wow. And they must become pretty potent at that point. They can can be absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, depending on the plant that you're working with and, you know, the life of the plant, I have found in my experience that wild plants have a different kind of potency than cultivated And it's not that one is better than the other. And, you know, you don't have to strive for perfection, especially use the plants that are like, hi, 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 hi. They they will make themselves known to you. If a plant comes across your path, you know, makes itself known, definitely use it. Yeah, the potency um, and then even dosage varies. But generally with folk medicine practice with tinctures, it's a couple of drops three to four times a day. Mm -hmm. So also if someone wants to get started, like, um, like doing this type of thing in their own community, starting their own small business. Um, Do you have any advice for them on how to get started? Be really curious, Mm. learn, 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 and learn through direct life experience and learn this, you know, we're talking thousands of years of various different traditions and different people with different lineage and different background. This is absolutely you know, for the people, by the people, for the people, there's also a lot of respect and reverence. I can guarantee there's someone in your community who, who works with plants, who knows plants and more than one go, you know, a lot of people do plant ID walks, go outside and join them. Or some people, I don't know if people are doing like guided walks online, but absolutely, absolutely educate yourself, experiment really go into a speci- specifically with plants. I mean, go into that relationship with honor and reverence because that's how that goes. I mean, our mm. plants are master teachers. I have absolutely no advice for anyone who wants to start a business because I have no idea what I'm doing. I've just been winging it and uh, yeah, it's been kind of working out for the most part. Um, I just yeah. went full-time self-employed this past April. <laughs> Weird okay. timing. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, I, I've definitely been in a double learning curve this year. 
you know, I would talk with people in the community, you know, and, you know, get a library card, read some books. If there's someone specific that you admire or you respect, you know, learn a lot about them, give them a call. Hey, will you talk to me about my ideas and dreams? You know, one thing I did do and I, I periodically revisit is I did a strategic plan. So what is my goal? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Who who am I and what are you know and what are my skills? Where do I, what do I want to see? Mm. Three months, six months, nine months, twelve months, three years, five years. What are non-negotiables for me? A non-negotiable is I don't want to increase any suck, right? <laughs> um, you know, a non-negotiable is this will be connective. This will be accessible. And then that's always a great exercise. I think with anything, even not just starting a business, but just, you know, goals that a person has is a, it's kind of a nerdy activity, but it's really, really helpful to structure, especially if you're more creative, like a creative type, you know, like, oh no, I'm just making a painting. You know, it's like, it's hard to structure that. It kind of feels like, I don't know. It kind of feels like it limits the creativity in a way, but it's a good tool I found. It's a different type of creativity. It's more structured and I I really need to hear that because I'm a creative person, but when I hear that, like, all right, write out your goals and stuff like that, I'm like, why don't I do that? Like, yeah. I totally should, yeah. Right, and that goal could just be like, create the coolest riff on the guitar ever. I mean, that's a goal, that's yeah. fine. And then, okay, yeah. but what does that mean? Like, what does that actually look like and how do I get there? Exactly. That's really good advice for people. Um, and that's that's a lot different than most advice that I've heard people give. And so I really, I really like that. I hope I hope it's helpful. <laughs> no, that is very yeah. helpful. Yeah. I mean, the thing about these podcasts is like, you know, you gotta kinda like take it all in an overview and take it each little thing with a grain of salt and work it into your life where you can and when you can. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it, I think it, it's always growing in, and evolving too. And, you know, wor- worst case, right, is you try one thing and you find out that is not for you or that does not work for you. Okay, I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to take a different approach. I think, you know, in life, I mean, be brave. Just Don't go be afraid to it. make mistakes. Oh yeah. my God, all the time, all the time, all the time making mistakes. And we learn from it and it sucks and it's kind of cringy sometimes. But it's they're the best teachers. It's the, you, you won't do that again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or, may, or maybe you will and at a different time with some different circumstances just to make sure that it doesn't work. I've done that also. <laughs> I've done that before too, for sure. So yeah, this has been really cool. Thank you so much for being here and oh uh, talking gosh. with me today. Yeah, this has been awesome. I want to have you shout out like your social media, your Instagram, Facebook, uh, your website and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is so rad. I'm very, very it grateful. It doesn't suck. It does. This does not <laughs> suck. This is very, very rad. This is yeah. great. This yeah. is what it's about. So the website is MayrakiPharmacy.com and there's a bunch of information on there. That's where my online store, the pharmacy market is. There's a whole bunch of information about ingredients and processes. There's a blog that I could bring more discipline to uh, making regular posts. Um, Instagram is actually a great way to connect. Uh, Like I said, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Beast Coast time, we do a live tea time. Everyone is welcome. It's free. It's great. People get a lot out of it. Um, that's a great source for just seeing what I'm doing in the day to day. 
Facebook, I don't know why I'm not super active on my Facebook page. I think I like I know that Facebook and Instagram are basically the same. I, it's like a different community, but there is a Facebook page. It's Mayraki Pharmacy. And yeah, and I got a link tree um, link in the Instagram bio, and that takes you to some YouTube videos and other resources. There's going to be a lot going on uh, through the winter. I just set up a, a Patreon which was weird to do, but I'm excited about it. Uh, so there's different ways to connect and support with the pharmacy that way, Heck which yeah. is exciting. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of seasonal variability too, you know, like it's hard to think about spring at this point, but you know, there's going to be a lot of how do we start plants from seeds and how do we tend for plants and, and all those things while also talking about personal choices and preventative care and, Sure. The things that the things that we're doing. Well, that's awesome, Lucia. Thank you so much for being here today and chatting with me. This has thank been a you great, for having me. Yeah, it's been a great podcast, and um, maybe well, we'll do you, it again. Yeah, no, I look forward to it. And thank you to anyone and everyone who shares their time to to listen and watch. And I appreciate you, and I, I look forward to getting to know some Asheville folks. You've been on yeah. my list of a place to visit, and I'm, I'm very excited about that in the not-so-distant future, for sure. Heck, yeah. Yeah, you got yeah. a friend down here whenever you make it. Woohoo! I yeah. think spring. I predict spring. Okay, sounds good. Right on. Well, hey, so everybody go check out MerakiPharmacy.com. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Lucia. Thank you, Austin, very much. Yeah, peace. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're currently involved in a local project that strengthens the links in your local food supply chain, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at wakingjustice.org and tell us about your work. And if you want to learn more about local revolutionaries making evolutionary change in their communities, find us on your favorite podcast platform or head on over to wakingjustice.org to meet the team, check out more episodes, and learn more about the project. And to become a financial supporter of this podcast and to gain access to members-only content, visit patreon.com slash wakingjustice. And remember, the real revolution builds self-reliance and community resilience. That's why the real revolution is a local revolt. You must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. Justice is rising and it ain't just us, it's all of us. If it's